Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. Hey, can we thank Elena again? What a wonderful gift to have her with us. spoke here last. I don't know why that would be so short. <laughs> That's pretty tall. It's all right. No, no, no. We're, we're good now. Thank you, David. Oh, hey, guys, if you have your Bibles, open up to uh, Genesis chapter 12. We're going to hop right in. All right. You guys doing well? You guys doing great? Um, man, it's been a good week. Birthday week for me. Had a birthday. I'm 32. Thank you. It's the oldest I've ever been, all right? And uh, I believe Tom Cornwall has a birthday here today, too. Happy birthday, Tom. And I believe Joan Keppen had a birthday last week. But we're not going to go through all of your birthdays, all right? We're just going to do mine and Tom's and Joan's, okay? <laughs> and the rest of you, just going to have to figure it out, all right? Hey, um, let's pray. God, I thank you this morning uh, for... A wonderful time in your presence, God. I thank you for. I thank you for rest that accompanies your presence, and I thank you that even during worship, Lord God, as we came into this place, you were quieting the noise of our life, God. You were slowing us down on the inside. And I thank you, Jesus, for your intentions for us, God, to surround us on every side, in the front and the back, Lord God, that we would know your nearness in every way. God, I thank you for Elena that's with us here, Lord God, and the testimony of her life, and the testimony of the girls that come through Reto, Lord God. And we just pray for more of that, Lord God. We pray for those testimonies to continue, and we pray for testimonies of freedom to continue here in our territory here, God. We love you today, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, uh, if you're new here at Divine Life, thanks for being here. My name is Luke. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here. I get to talk a lot, uh, which is always fun for me. But I, I'm, I'm really excited because if you've been around the last couple of weeks, I'm just going to bring this down a little bit. I just feel this is a little intimidating for me to... There we go. There we go. If you've been around the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been in a, kind of a conversation, a, a series, a, a sermon series called Open Door. Has anybody been around for any of those weeks, the last couple of weeks? Okay, great. You guys are the Christians in the room. Thank you for that. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Hey, um, the, the big idea, though, is this. Uh, what we're looking at is we're teeing off this passage in Revelation chapter 3. Uh, God sends an angel to this church with a message, and he says in uh, chapter 3, verse 8, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, Yet you kept my word and have not denied my name. And there's a promise here that is just really cool for this church, and I believe for all believers, to understand that God is a God of the open door. Is anybody with me on that one? Okay. God is a God of the open door, and he calls us to be open door kinds of people. And as we talked a couple weeks ago, this is all fueled by this idea that when Jesus rose from the grave in that tomb in the cold, lifeless place as he paid death a visit. He left death's home. 
and the Father would open up the tomb for him, and he would walk out into a whole new way of life, which is resurrection life. And what we learn, if there's anything we learn through the resurrection, which is a lot of things, one of those things is this. No matter where you are, there is an open door in Jesus, all right? You don't have to go get somewhere. You don't have to wait for something. There is an open door right where you are right now to experience life, to experience goodness, to be a blessing in the world, yeah? And that's what resurrection rises up inside of us and tells us, right? And so last week, we kind of continued the, the series of thought and talked about how sometimes we miss doors in our life because as we're waiting for God to change doors on the outside, he's wanting to reveal doors that are on the inside, right? And I think it was one of the things we talked about last week. One of the greatest kingdom tensions that we have to live with in, in, as in, our, in our journey with the Lord is maintaining an expectation for God to change our circumstances, but knowing he'll often start with our character. Can anybody, is anybody with me on that one in the room? Because there's a lot of things that we wait for. There's a lot of unresolved things in our life. We're waiting for doors to open up, or maybe there's certain doors that are closed, those types of things. But guess what? We serve a God who says, you don't have to wait for something to happen out here. I'm going to let something happen inside of here. And he opens up a door. He opens up a way. And a lot of doors that we experience aren't new places we go, but are things that are previ- doors that are previously unrecognizable that are already here. And I think as we begin to be this kind of people and to think this kind of way and to know that this is the way of the kingdom, this is the way of life, this is the way of blessing, he has left us with wide open doors. And as we go through doors, we find more doors. And inside of these doors are unlimited possibilities to do good, to find life, to be a blessing, to pour ourselves out just as Jesus poured himself out for us. Yeah? Should I keep going? Okay. I'm going to start yelling if you don't, if you don't shout me down from out there, right? So doors start where you are. Doors are often on the inside rather than the outside. I'm going to continue this week um, through... Uh, just a, a, a new idea here. Because as we're learning to expect and recognize doors in our life, as we're learning to open our eyes to see, just as the people in Revelation had to open their eyes and see, God is teaching us how to see. But a good question is how do we recognize which doors are God's, which are not? Because over and over every day, you and I wake up to a lot of possibilities. We wake up to a lot of decisions. We wake up to a lot of, what if life happened like this today? And you have opportunities and decisions to make, and so do I. And some of those are recognizable. Some of them aren't. But a lot of them come down to, to, to very big decisions. Some of you have to wait through decisions. Should I take this job or not take this job? Should I marry this person? Should I not marry this person? Should I move across the country? Should I stay here? Should I go to church today? Yes, you should go to church today. All those types of things. And, uh, and, and we, we, we go through life with opportunities to walk through doors, to be a blessing. Like our friend Elena you know, to walk down a street and to see a girl and a door opens up. Should I befriend this girl? Should I take her in? You know, and we have those opportunities in our life. Should I pour out my life in generosity today? Should I go befriend that person? Should I go pray for that person? We walk through the same types of things. And, and, and the question is, as we're faced with open doors, as God sets those in front of us, what should we expect when we go through the other side of that door? Will God tell me what's on the other side of the door before I get to go through it? 
If this door is from God, shouldn't I have this sense of euphoria, this sense of bliss, this sense of just ooey-gooey tickling on my neck to know that this door is from God or not? Those are all really good questions, and I want to take a look at those. And if there's one person I think asked those types of questions in Scripture, we find him in Genesis 12. It's a man named Abraham, all right? Well, here's the thing about Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons said, Father Abraham. I think we just took a turn for the worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear. That was not my intention. Some of you were like, what is going on right now? <laughs> Welcome to Vine Life. All right. God shows up to a man named Abraham. I'm going to read this passage and we'll talk about it. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in all of the families of the earth you, will, you shall be blessed. And so verse 4 says, So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from here. And how many of you are grateful that life with God never stops? All right? And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions, and they had gathered, and they, the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land, to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Morah, And at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who would appear to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram, Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Now, there's different things going on here, and we could talk about this passage for a long time. There's a couple things I want to point out. First of all, God shows up to Abram. This is the first time we read about Abram. And the first thing we read about is God saying, hey, listen, I want you to get up and I want you to go. I want you to take, to leave everything behind, and I want you to go from this land to a new land. All right? So we read that, and automatically we're interested, but it's not entirely spectacular. Because as Americans who live in the West, it's not really that big of a deal to pick up and go somewhere, right? Because we're always, we're moving everywhere, whatever we want, right? It's not, it's, it's not that spectacular for people who live in a land of opportunity to relocate and to maybe leave their hometown behind and go to somewhere new. But here's one thing that we have to understand that is revolutionary about the story of Abram. And what God and God's call of Abram to move on is that you have to understand this is a time in history where their worldview was that life was cyclical, which meant that their entire worldview at this point in time, that there are no unique events that happen in a person's life. That a person is born, they grow up, they start tending to the land or farming or ranching or doing whatever their family does. They meet a nice young woman or... or or, or man, they get married, they have kids. Later on in life, 
um, that, you know, they, they teach their kids to do pretty much do the same thing. And at some point you die, sometimes you raise your kids and they take your, your land and they find a wife, they start having kids. And there's a basically like five or six things that can happen to a person in their life. And they believe that there's really no unique thing that can happen to a person that this is, it's, it's just a cyclical thing. We're in a cycle and there's, there's nothing there's nothing spectacular about this, but we grow up and we learn to live in the cycle, to do what our family did, to be born and to die. And this is the worldview. So you have to understand, first of all, that when God shows up to Abram and says, hey, Abram, you, I want you to leave your land and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you at a later time. That when this happened, and as this scripture is being written, and as Abraham's responding to this call, you have to understand this is revolutionary. Because God is sending a message to people who have a worldview that life is just a cycle and we cannot get out of the cycle. He says, listen, I am a God who will call you to new and to undiscovered places. And listen to me today, and some of you need to know this. Yes, we are awesome Americans, and everybody is just impressed with us all around the world and all of time. But listen, for those of us who have a million options, some of you... I know this. Some of you still wake up every day and you feel like your life is a cycle. And you feel like all you're doing day after day is I'm going to get up, I'm going to eat breakfast, I'm going to read the paper, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to come home, work out, do whatever I do, read a book, mow the lawn, go to bed, right? And tomorrow is going to repeat that, and tomorrow is going to repeat that, and tomorrow is going to repeat that. And one thing that God is announcing to humankind through the story of Abraham that he, announced to, he wants to announce to each of us who feel stuck in a pattern, who feel stuck in a cycle, is that he is a God of the open door. If you are in a place where you feel like you're in a cycle that you can, cannot get out of, that God is a God who breaks the cycle and he calls you out to new and undiscovered and good places. Man, that was really good, Luke. Man, that was just, wow. God is the God who breaks cycles. And some of you are in a place where you need to know that there is hope beyond what you have been living out. He is a God that moves us on from what we feel is normal, from what we feel is safe, to new and undiscovered places, to, ed- to enjoy adventure with him, to be a blessing in this world. And that's a, a wonderful idea. And I'm sure even Abraham, Abram at this point in time, I'm sure he even was excited and invigorated this idea that there is something new out there to leave this land until he found out that God wasn't going to show him what this place was. That God said, I'm going to set before you an open door and I will not show you what's on the other side of this door. But you have to know what's on the other side of the story is promise. And it's a promise of blessing on the other side. Until Abraham finds out that the land he's calling him to is this land called Canaan. Now, we don't know this when we read the scripture, but you have to understand there's a big difference between Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans, where Abraham lives, and Canaan. All right? Because Ur is the metropolis. It is the center of life. It's in modern-day Iraq. Okay, and this is the point. This is if you could afford to live in Canaan, you have no reason to move anywhere else. All right. It is the place of economic development. It is a place of opportunity. Things are cultured. Things are civilized. Things are hopping. Things are happening. And God says, hey, listen, I got an open door and I want you to go to this land. And by the way, that land is Canaan. That's like that's like being asked to move from New York City to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Right. Now, we don't know much about Canaan. 
Except in a little bit later, we're going to find out it's a land filled with milk and honey. Whoa. All right. Should I be excited about that? Have you ever made any qualitative decisions in your life based on the quantity of milk and honey available to you at any given point in time? (laughs) That has never even crossed my mind. It's like, you know what? That tips me on the scale. I'm going to go do this, right? Milk and honey. Wonderful. No, actually, Canaan wasn't very spectacular. Wasn't very spectacular. In fact, what God was calling him to was a land that was uncultured, uncivilized, undeveloped, and filled with enemies. And God says, I want you to leave this great place that you know, that has everything happening in it, and I want you to walk 1,100 miles away to a new land that has nothing going for it. And the only thing that's going to sustain you is the fact that I said, you're going to be blessed if you go here. Okay? So what does that show us? What does that show us? Open doors are invitations for discovery, but not guarantees of success. Okay? And we need to understand this because oftentimes when we're evaluating doors in our life, We want God to set us doors that when we go through them, it's going to be automatic upgrade. I'm going to step into something greater, beyond, already developed, little work to do, right? And that's how a lot of us evaluate if the door is from God or not. Am I right? We look at opportunities, and if it doesn't look like there's anything going there, then we say that must not be from God. But what we learn here is that the God of possibilities isn't afraid to set before us a door that if we go through the store, yeah, you're going to do some work. Yeah, you need to pave a road. You need to develop something. You need to see something that other people don't see. But I'm sending you here because I believe in you, and I'm sending you undergirded by the promise that I will be with you, and all of the nations of the world are going to be blessed if you just simply go through the door. And he says, Abram, Will you go through this door to a place yet undiscovered? I'm not going to tell you what to do when you get there. I'm not going to even give you many details on how to do this or what it's going to look like. But I'm going to set you before you an open door. And yes, it's scary. And yes, it's uncertain. But this is a life of adventure and this is a life of possibility. Okay? And he sets before Abram an open door. It's an invitation for discovery. And that's all it is. And there's a promise there. And, and, and we have to understand this. Because I think a lot of times when we t- start talking about the favor of God and looking, and, and God does bring us into places of favor. Believe me. He does set before us opportunities for upgrades and maybe a, a job with a higher salary or, or a, a neighborhood that's better. Some of those types of things happen. I'm not kidding you. But are we missing all of the doors that look like there's nothing happening behind them along the way? A couple of years ago, my wife and I had a door set in front of us. In fact, we went looking for this door. And we went through this door, and inside of this door was a little baby boy named Asher, okay? And we adopted a little baby boy, and we knew we wanted to adopt. But it was one of those things, as if you've ever been through adoption, we have many adoptive families in our congregation, which is awesome. But when you're kind of going through that the first time, um, it's, it's exciting, because you kind of know where you want to do it. But then also, there, there doesn't seem to be a shortage of people who want to tell you what it could be like on the other side of that door. If you guys know what I'm talking about. If you've ever started a business, if you've ever done something crazy in your life, people surface to kind of, they want to speak some sense into you in that, in that regard. And most of the people in our life are very encouraging and supportive. But, you know, we did have some people who would say, hey, hold on a second, this adoption thing, you know, you know that this could go badly, Right? Like, you know that when they, if you adopt this child, they could grow up and they could decide 
to go visit their biological parents. And we're like, okay, so they go visit their biological parents. And then people are trying to talk us in or, in or out of different things. And, and yeah, man, this is a big decision. We had a lot to pray through because we had heard some stories of this is some things you could expect on the other side. This is some things that we could happen, that could happen. But my wife and I had to come to a very specific crossroom where we decided, as we were praying, as we were facing decision, we decided if we go through the store, even if everything goes wrong, this store is still worth going through. If everything goes wrong, this store is still worth going through. We didn't say it like this, but we decided that we were more interested in the adventure of joy of going through this door together and with God than we were things working out perfectly on the other side. You guys hear me? Because what if it goes wrong? Well, you know what? Even if it goes wrong, guess what? I feel the delight and the pleasure of God and being with a family who I love and a little boy being blessed along the way. And we did it in a way that was kind of different than others, this open adoption thing. And people are like, what if, what if the parents or the family of this other family, what if you don't get along with them? What if they don't like you? What if you don't like them? All these things are like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what, if that ha- what if that happens? But we came to a point, we said, you know what? God has set before us a door. He's, he's given us eyes to see a door. And when we go through this door, we don't know what's on the other side, but we do know this. That he has promised to be with us. And however this plays out, if it's difficult, if it's wonderful, however it is, we know this. We are going to be, we, we are never going to regret going through this door because we knew that God was going with us. And it, it's something that we have to understand that life with God is a life of risk. And he doesn't tell us what to do or what doors to go through all the time. Sometimes he's clear. Most of the time, he's not. Have you ever read the Bible looking for an answer for something? I mean, some people think the Bible is just like instructions for life. It's like there's very few instructions in this thing. It's not really helpful all the time, right? Like, should I marry this person or that person? I don't know. It won't tell me, right? Jesus even sends out his disciples. He, very vague instructions. In Matthew 28, go into all the world. Where should we go? Wherever you want to go. What should we do? Whatever you want to do, right? Just pick something, right? Just go do it. Well, I don't know. Well, it's okay because I am with you to the very end of the world. When he sets before us a door, he doesn't promise us what's on the other side. He just tells us he's going to be with us along the way. And he would say the same thing to Abram and give him a covenant as a sign, right? So I'm, going, I'm going to this place and Abram would... We know in his life he would stall out in different places. And he'd finally kind of get to this very rugged place. And it's, already, it's, it's filled with enemies. Like, how could this be God? There's enemies waiting for me there. And God's instruction to the people of God is just go push back the enemies. I've given you this land, right? And he would give Abram a sign. And that sign was circumcision, which I'm sure had mixed reviews at the moment, right? <laughs> like, that's a sign? Noah got a rainbow, right? <laughs> How about a rainbow? <laughs> I guess I'll settle for circumcision. But God says, I'm going to go with you. And here's what's important to understand, guys. There is a difference between faith and certainty. Okay? If I were to ask you, what is the opposite of faith? Many people would say doubt. 
Doubt is not the opposite of faith. The opposite of faith is certainty, okay? Because a certain man is in no need of faith. And what that means, and the reason that's important for you, because I know many of you, you're like me. That If you corner me, there's certain places in my life, I'm not always certain. Even walking with Jesus, even walking with Jesus, sometimes we make it out like we know what's going to happen and just, just, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to hope and believe those types of things. Those are all very good and great emotions and, and things that we feel from the Lord and, and very legitimate. But come on, there's certain places of our lives where we don't know what to do all the time, right? We don't know what doors to go through or, or what, what's going to happen, what goes beyond. If I do take this risk, if I go beyond that, if I take advantage of that opportunity, what's beyond that door? We don't always know, but the Bible has a promise for that. The Bible doesn't always tell us what to do in every situation, but it says this. If any man lacks wisdom to pray, to submit ourselves before the Lord, and the God of all wisdom comes to us and surrounds us and provides us with encouragement, with strength, even in the face of uncertainty to go through it. Abraham was not commended in the scripture for his certainty. He was commended for his faith. And the scripture would say in Romans that his, it was his faith that was credited to him as righteous, righteousness. Do you think he was a certain man? I don't think so. But he knew that the, he knew the God he served would be faithful to fulfill his promises. And that is the difference. And we have to understand that a life with God is more about adventure than it is certainty. And sometimes we go through that door and things can fall apart. And some of you know what that feels like to take a risk or to do something and it didn't work out like you thought. But life with God, being open door people or people that aren't afraid of discovering what could be on the other side. We're a people that are not content staying where we are and staying in a cycle and staying in the territory that's considered normal and safe and something we know. We are a people who are called to movement. We are a people that answer yes when a door is set in front of us. And some of you need to understand that because you feel bad for feeling uncertain in your life. And God doesn't want you to feel bad because it's not your certainty that pleases him. It's your faith. And so we come up with language to get ourselves out of hard decisions sometimes, don't we? Even as Christians. I love this. John Ortberg. By the way, a lot of this wonderful book, there's a book called All the Places to Go by John Ortberg. He talks a lot about open doors and a lot of, some of these ideas are inspired by this. But one of the things he's talking about, um, we come up with this phrase sometimes. You see, following God, oftentimes, I, I believe that in my relationship with God, I evaluate opportunities based on the provision of peace. And if God gives us a peace about it. But we have to understand that there's limitations to this phrase because we're faced with opportunities. And we hear this phrase a lot, right? Right? Like, I just don't have a peace about that. Like something, a door opens up and we look at it, we evaluate it, we study it, we get wise counsel, looking at all the facets of a door. I'm not sure if I have a peace about it. As if peace was the ultimate prerequisite for, for evaluating a door, any opportunity. Because if peace was the prerequisite, I don't think anybody in scripture would have ever gone through a door. There's hardly any stories that say anything about anybody feeling peace about doing what God called them to do. And here's what we think. Here's a slide on this. What we want the process to be is calling, followed by a deep feeling of peace about it, 
followed by our decision to obey than a happily ever after, right? Smooth sailing. Here's, here's what we usually get. Next slide. We get calling, followed by abject terror. And somewhere in there is a decision to obey, followed by bigger problems, more terror, probably a change of pants, second thoughts. Repeat that several times. And then somehow, someway, miraculously, supernaturally, we end up with deeper faith and strength after all of that, right? (laughs) So having second thoughts about the decisions that you're making is not abnormal. This is life with God. Life with God is wild. And it's not certain all the time. The only thing that's certain is his presence with us and his Holy Spirit that has promised to us to lead us into all truth, to comfort, and to guide, to guide us. So, so, so you're saying that if I go through this open door, I could suffer loss. I, my comfort could be stripped away. My lifestyle reduced. My time could be given up. My money could be given up. I could be stripped of other options of, of pleasure and joy or whatever. I could be humbled from my pride. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But you get him yeah. in the process. You get him. And we learned that life with God is wild. And it is about every day being, living and moving with God than trying to end up at this great version of success in the distance. That is life with God. I want to show you two photos. We're going to end here in just a second. And what my saving grace uh, in a message like this, is that sometimes you come across pieces of art or photography that says it way better than you can say it. And that's why I want to end with these photos. So the first photo I'm going to show you is this one. Okay. This was in London at the Paralympic Games in 2012. This is blind Brazilian runner, Teresinha Guilhermina, and her guide, they react after crossing the finish line to win the, to win the women's 100-meter T11 final, okay? <laughs> I, when I saw this photo, I saw me and the Holy Spirit. I, I, <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's times where it feels like we're running a race and we're blind, And the saving grace is that we have a guide who's taking us by the hand. And he is ecstatic. Because we were brave enough to take the next step. And I'm telling you, you don't have to know where you're going all the time. But you have to know who's with you along the way. This is the God we serve. He is ecstatic at your courage, at your bravery, the fact that you would keep going. You got that? Okay, one, one more photo. I saw this yesterday. You may have seen this on the old Facebook. If you can't see, this is a, a surfer with his daughter riding some waves. And uh, I don't know if it needs explanation. I think you got it. I think we're scared a lot. And the father's like, hey, let's go surfing. Just hop on the board. Like, we're going to hit some waves. You're going to get splashed. Hey, you know what? Maybe we might even get knocked off the surfboard. But guess what? When we go in the water, we go down together. And we're going to surface together in this. And we're going to get back up on the board. And we're going to go find another wave. 
And there's some of us that have to be reminded of this, that we've been painted this picture of faith being this thing of always knowing what's happening or what to do in every certain circumstance. And that is not the life of the kingdom. The life of the kingdom is faith and wide-eyed wonder as a child that trusts their dad enough to know that if we get on the surfboard, we might have some fun along the way. And yeah, let's strap on some goggles. Let's strap on some floaters on the arms, you know. You know, and, and yes, what I'm saying is that when we have an open door in front of us to do good, to make our lives count for something, even if it means leaving something behind, yeah, let's be filled with wisdom. Yeah, let's get wise counsel. Yeah, let's study that door. Yeah, let's do the homework along the way. But listen to me, the people that we are, listen to me, the people that we have been called to be in Christ, at the end of the day, there must always be a bias towards yes. That is the type of people we are. And what I'm saying to you today, as we're taking another step today, that we are a people that as God is continuing to open doors, and he is, as I'm having conversations with person after person, doors are opening up to do amazing things, to start businesses, to go speak at conferences in other countries, to go do wild things, to to even the vision to leave jobs or do something that matters in other spheres of society, to even go deeper into your job and to grow up in, in, in influence and stature in your job and in your profession, all of those things. And what I'm saying here today is that the type of people that we are, just like Abraham, God sets before us a door and he says, listen, I cannot guarantee you what's on the other side of this door. It could look a lot of different ways, but you're brave enough to say yes, no matter what it is, and know that I'm going to be with you and will not leave you alone in the process. If that is a word for you in any regard today, can you just stand up here today? And we're going to pray for each other, okay? Hey, uh, if you're standing around somebody that is also standing, how about you join hands and just throw your hands on each other? If you're sitting, that's cool too. If you want to, you can put your hands on somebody around you, okay? Because God is still on the move and he's dismantling fear, okay? And what he wants to do is give us language to be comfortable in the process with the things that we don't know. And that's okay too. He's giving us permission to be vulnerable in the face of things. But as a body, we're pushing each other towards the yes. So, Father, I thank you today for a body that is brave, that is courageous, that is bold, that is confident. God, not because we have the answers, not because we can always see more than 15 feet in front of us, God. But we know who it is we served and we know who it is who's called us. God, I thank you for for the solidification of the promise of God for each one. I thank you for the calling of God and the unique territory, the unique relationships, the unique ministry that you have given each and every person to announce and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ in whatever you have put in their hand, with whatever words you have put in their mouth. God, I thank you, Lord God, that you are opening up doors and you're giving us faith to be able to walk through, not because we know what's on the other side, but we know that when we get to go with you, that is the real win at the end of the day. I pray for just just, uh, courage and bravery and a strong yes to resound from our hearts. God, we submit ourselves to you whole, 
wholeheartedly, God, help us, God, in the places where we are unsure, in the places where we've doubted, in the places that are a little bit dark, that we don't know what's around the corner. I thank you, God, that in the face of that, in the face of that stuff, you have called us to a wholehearted response. And I just pray blessing and favor over each person, God, that we can do even as Elena has modeled for us down here, Lord God, we can pave ways where a way hasn't been paved, Lord God. We can go to undeveloped places and see what you see and bring development and blessing to places that have yet to experience blessing in our lives, Lord God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that this is the kind, this is the caliber, this is the stature, this is the culture that you've called us to inhabit, Lord God. I thank you for the fire of God, the Holy Spirit of God to accompany each one in a new way. And it's in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen.